The final international break of the year is over. We've got nothing till March, thank God. The Baggies are back in action on Saturday and we'll be building up to that alongside our very special guest on this week's Baggies broadcast. Hello Albion fans and welcome back to the latest episode of the Baggies broadcast in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man. My name is Johnny Drury and as always I'm here with uh, with Lewis Cox and as you'll have seen on, on the socials we've got a, a very special guest expert with us today bringing an expert eye over Albion and the Championship so we'll, we'll reveal him in a second but Coxie are you well? Week off? Well not week off but a game off anyway how was your weekend? I'm very good mate I hope you are thanks for asking. All well? Uh, all well? Yeah, delights of a Sunday shift yesterday, so here we are. But this is as good as Monday's come, you know, when, when we look on the screen and see who's joined us. Um, I've had to wolf down my lunch because we were early, but that's that's good. You yeah, know, we'll just give a bit of context for Albion fans. I mentioned it before, You are your timekeeping is notoriously slack, but we'll uh, let you off on this one. We were, we, me, me and our guests were 10 minutes early, so uh, yeah, I'll, yeah. Uh, I'll let you off. But that's fine, no, we're, uh, <laughs> we're good to go. And uh, I can't wait till Saturday. I mean, last international break. For a while is over, thank God. You know, the fans know how much we absolutely detest international breaks. But there we go. Um, so right, we'll get we'll get into it. As we said, we've joined by a bona fide Baggies legend today. He's back for a second appearance actually on the Baggies broadcast. We had him on a, a couple of years ago to talk all about his career, but he's back today to give us an expert view on on Albion and the championship. Welcome, Paul Robinson. Robbo, how you doing? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm all good. Thanks, fellas. You both well. Yes, all good, all good. good um, me and you were talking a bit off the podcast, Robbo. Um, fans will know you've recently departed your, your role at, at Millwall, um, where yes. you were coaching down there with, with Gary Rowett, and you, you've donned the boots again. We're going to talk about yes. it a little bit later on, but you were out of retirement and donned the boots on uh, on Saturday. Just explain that a little bit for us. How was that? Yeah, it was good. I actually feel really good. So, uh yeah, it's not the levels that I used to play at, so my body, I can know it can cope with it. Um, but it won't be every week, it'll be every other week, unless, like you say, they, they keep dragging me in. Um, but no, I, I just really enjoy it. I enjoy it because, like you say, it gives me the opportunity to play alongside my son, one of my sons, um, and I'd like to do the same with all of them. So, yeah, it's a, it's one of those lifetime experiences that you you want to do, and, and and for me to grace the same pitch as one of them was, a, yeah, it was a, was a, was great joy for me. Yeah, Pro- problem stuff. is, Robbo, with going in and doing too well in those, you'll keep getting dragged back. Well, you, you need to. Uh, <laughs> you might you get some offers from higher up the non-league pyramid, Robbo. You could be uh, you could be back in action up, up there. How, uh, how was it for your for your boy? Were you sort of barking out instructions and stuff, or how did it go? Yeah, I, I don't think I'll ever change where I don't keep quiet on the football pitch. Um, no, it, it's great for me because, like you say, it's with all the players. I just like to I like to help. I like to be vocal. Um, I like to guide people through football matches um, to give them confidence and, and hope that their performances lift that extra level of what they're probably used to on a Saturday. So, no, it's it's, it's great for me. It's it's great for for everybody. And, and it's great for the village because, like you say, it's uh, it puts us on the map a little bit now with where people now might take a little bit of interest in when they're playing us. Yeah, good stuff. And cracking to it, your fitness is in good shape, mate. I mean, do you, you, know, do you try and you know, do as much as you can you know, gym-wise, to keep us, you know, as uh, feeling as good as you are. Yeah, no, I always, I've always kept myself fit. Obviously, when I retired in 2019, um, I like to run a lot. I like to go on just long yeah. runs just to switch off and 
And I think it's good for your mental health as well. For me, it's, I don't like sitting around twiddling my fingers when I'm not working. I like um, being active. I like trying to help people in the community, um, try and keep, keep my mind at ease with, with trying to stay fit and focus on what, on what my next challenge is going to be. So yeah, no, for me personally, I just, I just love keeping my, my mind active. That's what I like doing. Yeah. Good stuff. Just finally, before we go on to the, the Albion chat, was there, was there any big Paul Robinson tackles? Against any of the uh, the opposition players, any of them ones that we're, we've seen down the years at the Hawthorne Robbo? No, no, it was first game, so I was just feeling my way into the first game. Um, I'm sure the opposition will be a little bit different week in, week out, and I'm, I'm sure I might have to compose myself a little bit more later on down the line. But no, everything was good on Saturday. Fantastic. It's great to hear. We're going to get on to uh, a little bit of your stuff, your coaching and, and sort of Millwall and what's all, all, all happened there, Robbo. But we're going to... We've got you in to, to give you your expert eye over, over Albion and the Championship, really. Obviously, you're sort of well clued up on it, given the fact that you've been in one of the opposition dugouts this season. So just to, to kick off, we're getting back into action. Our busy run of fixtures. Albion have got some really key games coming up. But I just want to get your overall view, really, Robbo, and how you viewed Albion's campaign. I know the, the expectations may be lowered among the fan base, given what was going on off the field, um, the lack of summer signings. But, you know, we're going into this busy festive period with Albion seventh in the table. And I know me, Coxie, and, and probably an awful lot of people would have taken that from an Albion point of view and, and think they're probably, to an extent, o- overachieving on what many thought. How, how have you viewed the job that Carlos Corbrand's done this season? I think he, I think at the moment in time, he's done, a, he's done a great job, especially with, like you say, the limited funds that he's been able to um, work with. The squad itself is obviously down, down to the bare bones. He's had to let players go. Good players, in, in my eyes as well. Players that you would think, why are you letting them go? Like your, your, your Taylor Hickmans and um, keeping them around just to, to be good squad players. But they're actually good footballers as well. So, yeah, I found, I found that one a strange one. But no, at the moment, like you say, in seventh in the league. And, it, and for me, this year, it's become a very tough, tough division. With the teams that have come down, the teams that have come up also... Um, there's been a lot of a lot of money spent, especially with, when you look at Southampton squad. It's like it's on another level. Norwich is obviously they've struggled with injuries, so they've had a bit of a dip. Leeds, Leicester, it's a real competitive league, probably one of the toughest it's been in a long, long time. So I think West Brom at the moment, at this moment in time, are doing a really good job, and Carlos himself. Yeah, you mentioned um, you mentioned there about it being tough. I was going to ask this later on because we're talking about Ipswich, but I'll bring it up now. Do you think? It is one of the toughest, you know, we always say, we hear every year, don't we, in terms of the Premier League, people say, oh, it's the toughest, toughest it's been or, t- or it's the, the most competitive it's been. But in terms of championship, I can't remember when there's so many teams vying for, you know, being up that and being really strong as well. And like you said, you know, Ipswich are a prime example, promote the team and they're, they're in the top two and don't look like they're going to budge at the moment. No, and the great thing about Ipswich as well is they've not really spent the money. They've kept the same squad and that's what Kieran's done there. He's, he's given belief in the, in the players that, Got gotten promoted last year, but they're just they're playing with freedom. It looks like they're just playing with a whole lot of freedom, and they trust each other when they go on the football pitch. So no, I really enjoy watching Ipswich. They got a free flowing style of play. They got um, a great balance of when they haven't got the ball as well. Is that they're very dangerous on the counter attack. Um, so no, I think he's done a great job. Um, so yeah, Ipswich are, for me they'll probably be the surprise ones out of the group really that might push for promotion again this season. Robert, could I just ask, mate, uh, just putting your, your Millwall hat back on, uh, going back a few months at the start of the season, everyone's looking at the league table, how it might pan out, making like little predictions and stuff like that, grouping clubs together. Where might you have seen or put Albion? You know, you, you, have, you know, you've got an affinity with your, with your former clubs. Did you have them as, oh, they'll finish 
in the playoff positions or, you know, maybe just top half will be an achievement or what did you think? Yeah, I think I think mid table for me this year, like ten to twelve, I was looking at right. just because of squad wise. Yeah. When you see when you see that you've not brought players in that you would like to have brought in, um, it sometimes it does it. It has an effect on the group because players always want to see new players come in through the door and how they can help the group, how they can improve the squad. Um, but like you say, Carlos has. I mean, I still know some of the players that are still there. Obviously, Carl Bartley, I played with at Birmingham. You've got Jed, who I work with at, at, um, mm-hmm. at Millwall, who's now the club captain. And they're, they're top quality um, championship players. But you have to go to the next level every year. Every year seems to get harder and harder. For me, obviously, when we was at Millwall last year, we li- we missed out on the playoffs by the last game, last couple of games. And that last year was probably the best time for anyone to get out of the championship and when yeah. you saw the championship final like your Lutons and your Coventries it, it just showed then then that obviously the quality that year wasn't really up to the standards of what it is this year and you just find it so much harder with each game going into even the ones that are promoted you you always find it harder because they're the ones who always give you the biggest problems because you think they're easy and they're not they're not easy you've got to go into them with the same mentality of we've got to be very professional in what we do week in week out so the league for me, yeah, it's, it's a lot tougher this year, definitely. I think we saw that the Hawthorns called Grant took Albion to the final day, you know, Sterling with a shot of the, the top six. And that was from a, a starting point under Bruce, as you know, of the very, you know, the very bottom October, November. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with that about last season, definitely. West Brom last year, had a, they had a surge towards the end. And yeah. everyone, was, everyone was then like, my gosh, we got a real outside chance here now of getting to the playoffs, but it just petered out towards the end. And that, again, is that down to like squad depth and the quality of players and always relying on the same players to churn out performances week in, week out. It, it's very hard now to do that because just the intensity of games and obviously the added on time, it's, it's going to take a lot out of the players having to play extra minutes, but you're a professional, that's what you get paid to do and you should be fit and you should be able to cope with it. But like you say, I think West Brom this year, they're in a great position now, but you might be concerned with just that that depth in the squad to take them that little bit further to where they need to get to. But yeah, you know, I'd love to see it. I want to. I always want to see my old teams pushing up near the top of the table, and Baggies always belong up there in the in the top division because they've done a great job when they were there before. And Watford's the same. They got the same sort of problems where the stability for the club now looks like it's getting settled. But again, they've got a they've got a great squad, and it's Ishmael. Will he will he get enough time at the football club without getting sacked, like uh, like Watford have a reputation for in in trying to get the team promoted? So no, it's good. for me. It's going to be a real interesting league this year. I was going to say there might be a vacant managerial position at Watford. There's usually about two or three a year, Robbo. So you have to keep your eye on that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it does. It looks like I think it looks like now the owners starting to listen to the fans. They've offered him a new contract. They give him a new contract yeah. not long ago. And... and clubs need stability. They need they need managers. If you if you're going to get a new manager in, he needs time. You can't. There's Watford squad. We look at it when you look at Watford squad. It's still got the last five managers players still there. So for a new manager comes in, he wants he wants new he wants new players. He wants different ideas. So as a club, you've got to, you've got to support that and you've got to back that. And is that is that viable at West Brom with the finances? I I don't know. It looks it doesn't look that way, but it also looks like there's possibly a takeover that might happen, which will then hopefully give Carlos in January, which is great timing, to go and and strengthen his squad. 
Foxy, on the, the seventh position going into to this, you know, I, we talked about this last week and I, I still find it fascinating reading it back. You asked, after the Southampton game, you asked Carlos Corbrand, you know, about it being the sort of best performing defeat or something along them lines. And, you know, he wasn't content with that. But do you think, you know, privately, he will be pretty happy with being in seventh position or, you know, will he see there's been a couple of missed opportunities? Yeah, yeah he, he will be happy privately for, for reasons I think Robbo's outlined to be honest um, it, it doesn't take you You don't have to have watched Albion games this season to look at the squad or have any knowledge of the squad to see that it's thin and obviously we know reasons behind that and they've had injuries every club has had injuries Albion haven't had masses more than anyone else but the squad's so thin it just struggle to, to contend with injuries in some positions it creeps a bit doesn't it so um, I think he'll be privately pleased maybe not seventh as, as a headline figure but we know, don't we, Johnny, the last few weeks, maybe a couple of months, they've been in and around fifth, haven't they? They've had a playoff place. And to be in and around there on the coattails of it, it's it's so tight, isn't it? They're out, I think Albion are outside there on goals scored at the moment, or certainly goal difference. Um, so we're, we're a good way in now, aren't we? We're best part of halfway through the season. And we know they're currently in a little um, run of, of really tough fixtures, which continue after the break, starting with Ipswich. I think, I think he'll be... Um, very satisfied, to be honest. Privately, I publicly he's got to sort of strive for more. And obviously, they played really well at Southampton in defeat. And he, he, he was frustrated, obviously. I think watching it back, he'll be a bit more satisfied. But yeah, given the, the hand he's been dealt this season, as we've mentioned, I think it's a, it's, it's a good effort. And I said to you, didn't I, a month or so ago, if Arvin come the other side of this run by Christmas time, um, still in and around it, I think they'll be in and around it all season. And compete i take definitely take robo's point um the depth you know as the season wears on we'll see what happens in january regards upstairs possible takeover but perhaps come february march deep it'll it'll start to feel the effects of it but i i think um i i've been so infused by sort of the first half of it i think they'll, they'll stick it whether they get into the you know sixth place or higher i suppose we'll see maybe it'll stay tight it usually does stay tight doesn't it to the final few games but i think they'll be in the in the fight, personally. Yeah, yeah just on it's important as well. You're keeping the, like the main players fit there, aren't yeah. you? Mm. Like, like you're Matty Phillips, you're a Santi. You want um, you want him fully fit. DK is obviously one that probably is a big blow to the club. He's he's never really had a long run in the team, whereas he's always he's like you, you can see he's got the ability. He's going to score goals, but then he's out for 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 like eight to ten weeks. With he's, he's, DK's the January signing, Robert. Yeah, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, and that's the frustrating yeah. thing is that you say you're spending money on these players, and it's a, it's just about keeping them fit. Like you did, Garner's now's back. Swift obviously has been out. Key players who have got quality, they're they're massive to West Brom squad, and it's important that they're staying fit and healthy for now. Like you say, till the end of the season, really, because you they're big players. Albion need them. Can I just ask you, Robbo, just to give us a little bit of an insight, really? Into you know, we we hear uh, people sort of. Um, What's the word? Sort of praise Carlos Corbran for his sort of tactical mouse and and, and the way you know we see it, don't we, Coxie? You know, we we say it every week, horses for courses approach, and he flips his systems a lot. You know, you played Alvin earlier in the campaign, and and how how do you go about setting up against the Carlos Corbran team? Is there any sort of um, individual elements, or is it you know just just talk us talk us through that if you can, and and if there's any sort of in, like we said individual qualities that you have to sort of address almost in. Well, when, 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 you, um, when you're going up against Carlos's teams, he's he, he very intense, isn't he? He wants the team 
full on, full speed. He wants them pressing from the word go. He wants them trying to control games a little bit better. Um, for us, it was we needed to outrun West Brom. I think the game with the game that we played, though, you'd made a load of changes because Jed was on the bench. That's um, it, yeah. So you, you'd rotated the squad and it was a bit, it was a flat game. Even I'm sitting there and I'm going, this is like a bit flat, this game. And especially from our point of view, it, it was a game really we could have taken to West Brom a little bit more, knowing that the quality was all sitting on the bench. But you, like you say, you had that change in the game later on, and then that's when your Jed's come on, and he's a li- he's got that little bit about him where there's something different. Um, but also, you've got to win your battles. I think when you when you're playing against key players like that, you you have to be you have to be switched on, and you can't give quality players time because they'll punish you and they'll be ruthless. And I think we did. I think we did a good job on Asante because he is for me. He's I, I really like him. I really like Asante. I think he's a uh, his work rate doesn't. Um, doesn't get noticed enough with the with the work he does off the ball. He makes clever runs. Um, he's a fox in the box. If you give him time, he will punish you because he knows where the goal is, and he's a quality finisher. So so yeah, I think it was a draw was a fair result. But yeah, when I think when you play against Carlos's teams, you've got to be you've got to be at it one hundred percent because you know that he's going to be on the touchline like one of the players. He's intense the whole time, and he wants the the players to be on the front foot all the time. Yeah, we made that comment at Southampton with Cox. I don't know. I'd love to know how many calories Corbrand burnt in the uh, in the technical area of St Mary's because yeah, he does uh, he does move move around quite a lot. Robert, you've mentioned Jed Wallace a couple of times there, and, and I want to talk about about Jed. Um, you obviously worked a lot with him at, at Millwall. Um, very good last season for the majority of the time. He's had a, since taking the armband. He's had a little bit of a tough time at Albion. You know, a little bit of flat from certain sections of the of the fan base, and he's had a little bit of a a dip dip in form, but he seems to be sort of coming back now. And I just want to get your opinion on him, really, because you obviously rate him very highly. I think you talked about him last time you were on. Um, and, you know, hopefully we're getting back now to seeing him, someone who is a, a match winner and someone who can really have a, a big say in the, the final months of the, or the remaining months of the season. Oh, he's a massive player, Jed. I think, like you said, when, when, when Millwall lost him, he was a big loss for us because you're losing a player that can score goals and can assist a lot with, with his quality out wide. Um, and like all players, we all go through dips. Um, yes, okay, the fans will have their opinions and they they might have been on at him, but but this is football. This is how you deal with it. And Jed, Jed is Jed is one of those lads. He's not a, he's not um he's not very outspoken. He's very quiet. He uh, he always analyzes performances. He will he will know when he's not performing. He will know when when you, when he's on form. And that's when you see the best of Jed is when he's free flowing and his his game comes together. Obviously. You know what it's like with a captain. Captain's extra responsibility. He's not just on the pitch now, but off it. So for Jed to to be the captain of West Bromwich Albion is a lot more pressure than what he's obviously been used to. So, yeah, he's going to have to cope with that as well. Doing the media um, will be something different for him as well all, every time, all week. So, yeah, it's, it's great learning for Jed. And like you say, he will get through it. He's the type of guy he'll get through the sticky patch. He works extremely hard on the training pitch. Um, and there's no doubt for me that he will come through it and he will, like you say there, he's starting, you're starting to see the best of him. And that's that's a great sign. When you start seeing the glimpses of the old Jed, then you'll see more from him now, whereas he'll start putting his foot down and start um, performing to a high level. I don't imagine you were surprised, Robbo, to, to see uh, early in the season that he'd been chosen as club captain. You know you know him obviously very, very, very well and his, his qualities, his leadership qualities. Yeah. He's a different. He's a different type of leader. Jed is as well. He's not. He's not someone that will will shout and ball at people. He will be. Um, he'll talk the right way. Um, and 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 it is. It's it's a great move by West Brom to give him the captaincy. 
whether Jed wanted it at the time, you never know, because like you say, it's that, it's that extra responsibility that you need to deal with. And at, and at a club less, uh, like West Brom, there is, like I said, there's always added pressure because of the expectation that, that the club has. And that's getting promoted, getting back to the Premier League. So whether Jed's feeling, feeling that a little bit, um, who knows? He'll keep that to himself. But sometimes as a player, you, you can't keep it to yourself. You need to speak and you need to talk to people. So, yeah, he knows where I'm at when he wants to talk. And he, he did. He called me when I left Millwall because we've always had a good relationship. And um, he, he always checked in on me to see how I was. So that just shows you what type of guy he is. And then, yeah, for me, he's the, he's the perfect man to be leading West Brom. Goxie, I just want to touch on a few points from from over the break, really. Um, obviously, there's not been a, a great deal going on, but a couple of your stories in the Express and Star. One was was Carlos Corbrand talking about the the young guys that are out on loan at the moment, in particular Ethan Ingram at Salford and, and Mo Fowle at Doncaster, who are the, the probably the standout uh, players of those few. Um, and we'll talk about Reyes Cleary in a, in a second. Um, but these are players that Carlos Corbrand himself, you know, despite the fact that Albion have got. Chris Brunt, who's the loans manager, Carlos Corbrand's keeping a very, very keen eye on these players, and it looks like they could potentially be ones that that might be in and around it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, we spoke on a thin squad, haven't we? You know, there was a decision to be made in the summer. Some were sent out, and a couple, Caleb Taylor, Tom Fellows, were kept around it. And look at Fellows, he's been involved, hasn't he? Um, fairly well stocked at centre-off, so Caleb Taylor hasn't had a chance yet, but an injury, AFCON in, in the new year, and, and he may well be there. Um, yeah, thin squad. If those lads hadn't gone out on loan to League One, League Two, they'd have been in and around the matchday squad. Because of that, we've seen under-18s lads had to bulk up the numbers, haven't we, in some games? And you know, nothing against those lads, but they're obviously they didn't get on and they're not ready yet. You know, Albin shouldn't have to be calling on 17-year-olds who, you know, have barely played under-21s football, let alone senior football in the championship. So, yeah. Um, those two particularly you mentioned are doing well, you know, starting most games. It's both of their first loans in the EFL, so that's a massive step. Ethan Ingram's first loan full stop. Um, it's a big old step, isn't it? I mean, Robbo will know, obviously, for young young lads going from, from 21s football to going and, you know, that blood and thunder of, like, free points and livelihoods and all of that um, is a massive thing. So I hope they can continue the whole season, you know, rack up 30-odd, 40 games. It'll be massive for them come the you know, come pre-season, really. Um, I can't remember if both of them are out of contracts off the top of my head, but their their situations, you know, be it Albion on another loan next season or, or wherever it is. But I like Ingram. I'm a fan of his. I think he's he looks to me when I've seen him like a, a modern day right back slash right wing back, you know. And Corbin likes using wing backs, doesn't he? So hopefully that bodes well. But yeah, yeah, you know, Chris Brunt's obviously got that that role, and he will. He will lead that role, especially with the younger loans. You know, he's going to touch base, isn't he? They're you know, young kids living away from home for the first time. It's tough, daunting, and, and Brunty will be a big, big part of that. And uh, yeah, look, loans can go either way, can't they? Just because they go and have a successful loan doesn't mean they're going to make it at Albion, but it'll give them you know, a much stronger chance of having a career, you know, in the Football League, which is obviously, I, I suppose, the ultimate aim. Well, the, Albion being the ultimate aim, but having a professional career is is clearly what what we want from these guys. So, Robert, just from your point of view as a as somebody who's been in the backroom staff of a of a of a club, you know how you know a lot of Albion. We see fans that they get overexcited. Oh, this guy's coming. He's done really well. This youngster playing. You know, Reyes Cleary is the prime example, isn't he? Cox, he's someone who who has had injuries and and probably will potentially go out on loan in January. But 
from from a managerial point of view, how how do you strike that sort of balance? Obviously, if you get an exceptional youngster through, you know they're obviously going to play. But in terms yeah. of you've probably got youngsters there who you know are going to probably make it at some point. How how, how difficult is that to to sort of manage and, and introduce them to a division like we've said, the championship at the moment, which is which is so difficult. Yeah, and, that, and again, that's their eye opener for them. And like what Lewis has said there, Chris Brunt is a, is a great example for these for these players to learn off and and listen to on a daily basis of. You're going to go out and play men's football and you're going to understand what it's all about. And, and it, it will. It will put him in great stead, whether it's back with West Brom or whether it's going on and having a great career in the Football League. And that's what it's all about. Um, but like you say, if you've got a if you've got a good, talented young player, you know, say, for instance, like an Archie Gray, who's playing at Leeds week in, week out. I mean, they're the type of players that you keep around the club and you know you're going to develop because they're going to be playing against men in training every day. And they're also going to be playing against men in the championship every day. And they're physically and, and mentally going to get stronger for doing that. Um, but it is, it's finding that balance. There might be, like you say, certain positions where players are not going to get the game time that they want. So it'd be better for them to go out and, and, and learn that in a, in a different culture, in a different league, different teammates, um, learn the ropes a little bit. And then again, come back with, with, with a totally different mentality of, when I come back, I, I want to show Carlos what I'm all about and prove a point that um, that I want to be a West Brom player. So yeah, you, you've got you've got to find the balance because you can't keep these kids around forever, and you can't just keep them around as squad players and not getting any game time because they're also now going to be missing out on that important part of their life of where their path's going to go. Because we've seen it a lot where kids don't get enough game time and and they're not playing as much football, they literally go off the rails and they lose interest in playing football and they go off and do things that they shouldn't be doing and going down the wrong pathway. So it's important that we try and find that right balance for the younger generation. It's almost like a almost like a social responsibility then, Robert, in terms of, you know, not just thinking about the club and yourself and, you know, it's best for us just to have them there just in case anyone gets injured, you know, you need to go and let them develop. Yeah. Because their career might be away from the from the club if you catch them adrift. Yeah, you've got to let them go and develop. You can't you can't keep them around just being like a spare part because it's not fair. It's not fair on, on the player, but it's also not fair on, on what you're doing, where you're thinking as a manager as well, because you need to be clear and you need to be open and honest with these with these players. And 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 unfortunately you have to have conversations where unfortunately you might not be good enough for Albion, but we'd really like you to go here and prove your worth to then maybe they might buy you. Or someone else in that division might take a punt and, and spend a bit of money on you. So yeah, you you got you've got to you've got to look after the the um, the development of the of these players as well. You know, just just on that, uh, Johnny, I'm I'm doing a piece um, at the minute that'll go online in the next day or two, just looking at Tom Fellows, um, Robbo Albion. I've got a young young winger, Tom Fellows, who's great, great having a bit of a breakthrough season really, and. Um, mm. He spent spent last season on loan at Crawley. Now, from the outside, I mean, we don't know the comings and goings at Crawley, but they looked a bit like a basket case last last season. You know, I think they survived yeah. League Two relegation on the final day, something like that. Uh, but I've spoke to a few people in and around his loan there, and you know, he didn't get any goals, struggled to like rack up assists or, or anything. But how much that would have, you know, obviously moved away, uh, really integrated himself down there. You know, Crawley. You know, we, we're probably all guilty of looking down on that and thinking, well, how unglamorous is that, you know? But actually, that would have, and we've seen so far this season, done in the absolute world of good, you know, playing yeah. 30 odd, 40 games where, I mean, literally livelihoods would have been on the line, wouldn't it, as they were fighting to to, to drop out of the football league? Yeah. But this is, for me, this is great life skills for a player. 
yeah. like you say, there, he's had a tough season, but we got to look at it from the positives of what type of person it's made him. So he's mm. come back to Albion and he's in, in and around the first team. So he's obviously not let it affect him too much, where he's now he's come back and he's gone, right, I don't want a loan move like that again, even though it's helped me with looking at it from the outside of, of going what an absolute basket case of a club it might have been. But from a life skills point of view and a, and a, and like finding out about yourself, what a great learning curve for the kid. Yeah. Over him yeah. now, he's learned so much. And then you look at it now, his next loan move will be a better one for him because now he's in a better place and he's become the better player because of that. So that's yeah. that's you only take positives from that. I know, yeah, we, we're gonna we're gonna look at the negatives all the time, but sometimes we've got to look at also the positives of how it how it will help develop that player in in his mindset of thinking. Right, I, I don't really want another loan move like that because I've now come back with, right, this is my next move for me. I really want to do well at West Brom, but my next loan move for me now is about me like showing what I am really all about as a player. Yeah, yeah. Lo- loans are hard, aren't they? And n- neither club that the club sending a player out or the club taking a, a young player yeah. in, you're not going to get 100% of loans, right? Are you? You're never going to get 100% of any signings, right? There could be dozens no. of factors why why. You know what? Why it doesn't work? You know, ultimately, I suppose the loaning club have got to think about it themselves and their own players, haven't they? If they take a, a young lad and he's clearly not ready, you know, it's a bit. As a, they might see it as a bit of a waste of time. You know, on on all parties, maybe playing him and, and stick with the players that they actually own. So it's tough, isn't it? Do, doing doing loan loan deals, you're not going to get a hundred percent hit ratio. No, but you but you're also is like you look at the manager that's taken that player on loan. Well, why did you take him? Why did you listen? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's that's your choice to say that player. So we're we're putting like our faith in you to look after him, make sure he's developing the right way. Yes, Tom would have developed by what he's seen at the football club with how it's been run and how things have gone. But also as a player, it's like, well, how have we helped him? What what have we done better for him? If we've not played him, then really that was a, a pretty much of a waste of a loan move for him. But from like you say. From a from a mind and the mentality side of it, Tom's picked up on that outlook of what the way it's gone and thought, I never want to do that again. And now I've come back mentally stronger for it. But my, now my next loan move, if I do go out alone, is going to be a much better one for me because I'm in a much better place. Yeah, definitely. Yes, but a lot of managers do. No, sorry, yeah. a lot of managers no, do. Sorry. And this is what frustrates me as well. A lot of managers do sign these young players and just use them as spare parts yeah. just to make them as a, just because they can. Whereas, yeah. well, no, for me, the whole point of bringing a young player is even if you're not playing so well, it's still, you're developing him. You've got, you've got to help him. You've got to coach him. You've got to, you've got to develop him the right way on the training pitch. That's these kids make mistakes. Of course they make mistakes, but you, you, you then as that parent club and you taking him online, you've got to help him get through that. Yeah. Yeah. Just before we, um, before we go on to, to, bring you the advert in a couple of competitions that we've still got going. Albion fans, you'll have heard about them last week. We'll bring you an update on them. I want to talk about Carl and Grant, Coxie, because Carlos Corbran has, has spoke a little bit about him. Carl and Grant actually spoke um, in, the, in the press down in Cardiff about his future. He said he doesn't know, really know where his future is going to lie. And he said he hadn't sp- spoken to anyone from Albion since he'd gone on loan to Cardiff. They've just looked, scored one goal in, in 17 games so far after going out on loan in the summer. Carl and, uh, Carlos Corbran has said he hasn't you know, he's not going to close the door on, on Carl and Grant. What did you make of those those comments, Coxie? Uh, I, don't, I don't know, really. I, I don't want to um, say or accuse that Carlos is toe in the party line there. But um, 
Uh, yeah, he's under. Grant's got another two and a half years left on his deal. Um, that, you know, cost all that money, didn't he, a few years ago? That Albion, because of the way that the fee was structured, Albion are still paying Huddersfield for him. You know, and obviously we we, we saw pretty early on under Corbrand last season he was surplus to requirements. Had to come in late on because of injuries. Um, did okay, um, but look. Uh, it, it was the best move for parties in the summer, wasn't it? Cardiff put a lot towards his his wage for for this season. I've been having to look after the finances, obviously. And and Grant, the Corbin sees him as a winger, doesn't he, Grant? And he just there's a few wingers at the club, aren't there? You know, Wallace, Dean Garner. We've mentioned a good few in in, in this chat here. And Grant just, you know, he, he was on the bench at best, wasn't he? When you're looking at it. And I know we, I appreciate we talk about depth, but. I suppose for the outlay on him and being able to loan him out and recoup some of the wages, Albion felt I'd imagine they could they could do better. Obviously, Sarmiento came in um, on loan from Brighton, and that hasn't really clicked into gear yet, has it? We, we've seen he's a talent, and I'd expect any South American from Brighton to be a talent, to be honest. But we're still hopeful of that to, to flourish once he can. You know, he's, he's back fit now, isn't he? So hopefully, we'll see him be able to start. But Grant's situation. I, I don't know. Just my personal opinion and, and bits you glean and stuff. I I don't especially see that there'll be a, a long-term future. Oh, you never know in football, do you, clearly? But, you know, a, a future at the club. Um, I, I hope that he can continue playing for Cardiff. You hear good things. He's Corbran said himself, didn't he? Like He's being picked more or less every game down there, Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff. So even though he's not scoring regularly, I'm not exactly sure where they're playing him. He's he's getting picked. You know, and Cardiff are, by and large, doing okay, aren't they? They were... They were up there or there or thereabouts. So he's obviously making some sort of impression. Um, be interesting in a couple of weeks, won't it, when we're down at Cardiff on a Tuesday night. Um, Grant won't be playing that evening, obviously. And I I, I just think, um, look, if we get to next summer, we don't know what the ownership situation will be by that point of the ideal world. There'll be new owners and hopefully something can be struck, you know, for, for all parties, for Albion, Grant and perhaps another club out there who can, Huddersfield as well, but perhaps another club out there who can, you know, take on a, you know, reignite and kickstart Carlin Grant's career because he can score goals at this level, can't he? Yeah, just a couple of points on that. I want to come to you with Robbo. You know, we've seen players go out, and you know, a lot of the fans w- w- haven't been having Grant in the last sort of year or so, despite the fact he scored sort of 17, 18 goals in the sort of Ishmael Bruce um, season. Could could you see him? You know, from what you know of Grant, what you've seen, could you see him coming back in at Albion? And, you know, we've seen players do do it. They go out on a loan and fans think, oh, they're never going to play for the club again. But they come back and, you know, they rediscover some some form. You know, what's your your take on it? I just think it depends on his relationship with um, with Carlos there. Like Lewis has said, I think um, he needs to go and find himself a home now where he's loved and where he needs to play every week. Um, is is Carlin the type of player that Carlos likes with his intensity? I don't think he can cope with it. He, he's, he gets injuries quite a bit, doesn't he, as well? Um, the intensity levels that Carlos wants his players to play at, it just might not suit Carlin. So that's why he sees him as maybe not one of his players that he wants to keep around, reasonings for him going down to Cardiff. But like you say there, he's he's gone to Cardiff and he's found his feet again. And you do. You always go to a club where you feel wanted. You feel like you're playing the right football. You feel like you're playing the right intensity. Um, when he comes back to West Brom, will will they both have that same feeling about each other? Only time will tell. And 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 whether Carlin wants to come back and and get his head down and, and play his football again is a, is another matter. Or whether he's enjoyed himself so much at Cardiff, he just wants the deal to go through where he where he needs to change. 
So yeah, it's quite. It can be quite difficult in football with that. It's it's hard. It's hard to deal with um, from a player's point of view. It's whether you're wanted or not. And then from a manager's point of view, I just need to move on and, and I want the players who I want to play for my team. Do you think in that situation, Rob, you know, we've made this argument before and, you know, we don't know whether it's the case because we don't live inside Carl Grant's mind. But do you think, you know, it was a £15 million price tag when he came in and Albion worked hard to bring him in. It was the season they got promoted under Slaven Bilic. He came in, in the Premier League season. I think he only scored one goal. Did a price tag like that also way heavy on on certain players i'm sure you've played with players yeah, for example sure. you know for example you were i imagine you worked a lot with oliver at millwall and and yeah. and he's someone coming at albion on a big price tag and it never really never really worked for him it, does that happen with with certain players you find 100 100 it does it, there's a big there's a big responsibility and pressure knowing that you've cost that much money i like oliver burke's a great example as well and he is he's a great lad ollie and when you speak with him off the pitch he's so down to earth but he was at Forest when I first played against him. So I played fullback against Ollie because he was a right winger. And you could see the potential in him. It was a, it was scary. It was scary to see how good he could really be. And then for some reason or another, it's just, it's like the energy's been sucked out of him of what football's all about. And it's a shame. It's a shame to see it. Um, and, you, and you do as football players, sometimes it can suck the life out of you because of the pressure, because of the, um, the amount of money clubs have paid for you and, um, and it's trying to constantly perform to that high level of expectation that, that, that people see in you. So, so yeah, you can see Caleb's probably obviously got that hanging over him. Um, again, it's West Brom, how much money do they want for him as well? So they could be haggling for, what was it, 15 million. So what will West Brom sell him for? Again, they're not going to get that. We're being realistic. West Brom are not going to get that money back for him now. Will they get two, three? But that just depends on how well he's playing and what he's doing to sort of get that price up. It might even be less now the way football is. That's that's the way it goes, unfortunately. So, yeah, but it does. Price tags puts a lot of pressure on, on certain players if they can't they can't handle that too well. It's a bit of a cliche, but um, I think it's true at the same time. Players can't do anything about how much clubs decide to buy them for can they and and we see it, it's relative but we see it all the way down from the 100 million players to like I've seen it in and Robbo will have right down the divisions if you know a, a club that doesn't have much money a smaller club's spot you know decides it can spend 250 grand on a on a striker and it's it's their big money sign and then that'll be the same as a 100 million player or 15 million grant you know that that player that goes in there will feel you know he's probably the record signing at that smaller club and he'll feel like weight of the world's on his shoulders with that and it's tough isn't it it's tough because it's not it's it's nothing to do with the players and um i suppose some thrive and some struggle it is, yeah. it is a little bit yeah. I, it, I do I, yeah i agree with you a little bit there lewis but it is also the players themselves have got to take responsibility for it I know the yeah. clubs are not going to pay that much money, but if it's a job you love, then you work extremely mm. hard. You get your head down and you work hard and you do all the right things. Um, so, so the player himself has got to have the right mindset. And, and we see it now. We'll probably sit in front of a TV and we'll see the yellow bar flashing up on in January and we'll go, he's never worth that. He's never been worth that. But it's the way, it's the way football's going now. The inflation prices of players now, it's, it's obscene. It is obscene, but these players have got to be mentally strong to deal with that. Yeah. And like you say, there's nothing you can do about it because it's the clubs. 
But you as a player, you've just got to focus on your own job, what you do properly, yeah, and play the game, play the game with how you've been playing it. You, sh you shouldn't have to change the way you play just because of a price tag. But the problem is, is fans always highlight how much you're worth and go in. Yeah. And then, yeah. and then as players, you, you've got to have thick skins and you've got to take that because it's it's just an opinion. That's all it is. Do you know, out of interest, it went the other way with uh, some, someone you've mentioned on, on this pod, Robbo, Thomas Asante. Um, yes. Cost a, a nominal fee, really, relatively to Albion, last, obviously from the fourth division last summer, uh, last year. And, um, yeah, he's, he's really, you know, by and large, become a bit of a favourite around the club. And, you know, yeah. fans see, but he costs next to nothing, really. And, um, and the talents right down these divisions, you know, that can be, yeah, you know, little little gems that can be dug out and polished for for peanuts, really. So uh, I guess it could could happen the other way, and perhaps Thomas Asante's coming in with a bit, you know, with with with, with less less pressure than than Grant yeah, came yeah. came in with or DK. Or... He's also got a point to prove, Thomas, hasn't he? Because he's come from yeah. Salford, he's he's got a point to prove, and and he's hungry. The West Brom's mm -hmm. a big club, so he's gonna he's gonna want to come in and he's gonna go. Well, I want to excite the fans. I want to I want to do what's best. And what will be interesting, because it looks like it, for me, he will go on again to the next level. And then how much will he get brought for? Then that, then you'll see how he does. And you'll see what type mm. of player he is then with his mentality and how he deals with that. So that would be an interesting one when he does. Yeah. If he does that, is all West Brom keep him. They sign him for longer and they give him they give him the money he deserves because he is. He's a, he's a key player there at the moment. Right, time for an advert. As always, the Baggies Broadcast is brought to you in association with the Kettle and Toaster Man, the graded product specialist over there in Thorns Road in Briley Hill. And Coxie, as we have been for the last few weeks, we've been talking about some products to keep you warm at the moment. It's getting pretty pretty cold out there now, isn't it? So uh, today we're going to be talking about um, heated blankets. And I, I predict that you've got one of these because you get bitterly cold, certainly in press boxes. And I know you do get cold at home. But anyway, over at the Kettle and Toaster Man, you can get yourself a Daiwoo Dreams single fitted blanket for just £20. Now, someone in our office the other day, Coxie, when I was up there, one of my rare appearances to the office, had a heated gilet. And I quite like the sound of that. But I imagine wow. I imagine you've got one or the other. Wow. I've got heated socks, mate. But uh... Heated socks? Yeah. My battery-operated socks, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll Just for Robert, Robert Cox, weeks, he gets yeah. he gets bitterly cold even in the summer at the Hawthorne. He's, he's got a heated blanket on now, hasn't he? <laughs> I but just pressed boost. You'll I probably boost know how cold it gets at the Hawthorne. Before we came on this. Um, what can we get, Robbo? This is the question. This is, you know, we need to... Now we've, got a, we've got a big, uh, big-name uh, guest, Johnny. Robbo, at the Hawthorne, we'll, talk, we'll, we'll, we'll bring this on to a bit of topic. Hawthorne's highest ground in England, which I don't think it is anymore. But it always gets cold uh, at the Hawthorns. If you're in the shade in the summer, it's freezing. Has that ever been a case as like a player? Is it significantly colder at certain grounds? Or is Albion, you know, we always hear it's highest ground above sea level. Yeah, it's, no, it's always a cold, cold night at Stoke, isn't it? Everyone used to say Stoke, Stoke, that was it. Is that is that a myth or is it true? It, well, when the wind and that's up there, yeah, yeah. That's, that's bitter. Very bitter yeah. there. But it just, you know, I, I, I don't know, when you're running around, you don't really feel it. You're not... Yeah. You're not too, you're not too fussed what the weather is. I mean, I love playing in the rain. I just love, I just love that, that, that. Because that, your tackles went further. Tackles, just the way the <laughs> ball, like the way the ball goes as well on the grass. Like it's just, yeah, you can zip passes in. Yeah, I used to love playing in the rain. Um, I well, still do. Still love playing in the rain with the with the kids and that up the park and that every now and then. Um, but no, you, you never really used to feel the cold. Even even sitting on the bench, you used to obviously you wore your big coats because. 
you were always told to keep your body temperature warm before you go onto the pitch to make sure you're right. Um, but no, nah, I, I used to uh, I used to be all right, so I didn't I didn't mind the cold too much. No, well, he's uh, you're a little bit different to Coxie. Coxie, we'll get we'll have to get you one of these heated blankets anyway, mate, or heated gilet for uh, yes, for Christmas. But Baggies fans, if you want to get your hands on any of these fantastic products, as we always say, there's some great brands up there at fantastic prices. Head over to Thorns Road in Briley Hill or head to the kettlandtoasterman.co.uk. Um, and if you do make a trip down there, there is still chance to get involved in the silent auction for a signed Connor Townsend shirt. It's all for a great cause for charity. I know they've had some really good bids in so far. So um, to, to enter, you've got to go in and, and give in your, your sealed bid. Um, so I'll put the information in uh, in the information below the podcast. And also our... Um, our competition here at the Express Star is still open until Saturday. Chance to win a signed copy of Brendan Batson's new autobiography, The Third Degree. Now, Coxie's the one who came up with a question for this, and it was a real tester, Albion fans, if you uh, if you see the question. We've had plenty of entries. You've got a few days left. I know I think it closes on Saturday, I think, Coxie. Um, That's right, mate. So, yeah, yeah get, in, uh, get involved with that. We'll, uh, we'll put the information on that below as well. Right, we're going to move on to some questions now. Robbo, Baggies fans didn't know it was you coming over, so we're going to throw these questions to both yourself and to Coxie. Um, and I'll come yeah. to you on this one, Robbo. Now, we've talked about John Swift, yes, um, who's been out for a few weeks. Arguably, before he got injured um, at Birmingham a few weeks ago, he had been Albion's best performer, someone who, who maybe struggled in his debut season, but he was he was really on fire before he got injured. If you were if you were the Albion manager this weekend, given the fact that Albion are still in pretty good form, would you uh, would you chuck him straight back in from the start? Um, yeah, I think I would, just because he's got that quality. And against a team like Ipswich, he, he'd be vital in the areas of the pitch where he can hurt them, just because they do at times leave themselves quite wide open. And, and John's one of those players; he exploits space very well. Um, so yeah, for me, it would be in consideration to start the game. Yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. Coxie, what do you what what do you think Carlos Corbrand's you know gonna do? You know, we, we always try and predict his 11s and we never we never come close because he's he's very uh-huh. much unpredictable. But do you think he'll chuck him back in from from the start? Yeah, I, from what I from what I heard of Robbo there before my uh, internet decided to give up the ghost, I, I I agreed actually. I, I I don't know exactly percentage wise how how good Swift is at the minute. He'll have trained around a week, so I think that's. You know, if, if you've been in full training for the best part of a week, uh, I mean, and you're of the quality and influence of Swift, for me, you, you're back in there. You know, he's still top scorer. I think he certainly was pre-injury. And um, he's been missed, hasn't he? He's, he's been missed. You, you're right, Johnny. Last season, he was in and out, wasn't he, at times? A bit indispensable, maybe, at times. But he, he wasn't producing, and he admitted to us himself what he knew he was capable of, and he was a bit frustrated by it all. But uh, it was flying this season, wasn't he, before that? You you possibly watched that, Robbo, the Friday night Blues Albion on Sky. Did you see yes. that one? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he limped off injured there. It's a yeah. bit of a refereeing howler that night, you might remember. Um, cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's been missed since, to be honest, and it'll be a big old boost for it to have him. Him and obviously Josh Josh Madger is, uh, is hopefully in a similar situation. I'd be more inclined to start Swift, I think, than, than someone like Madger, who at the point of his injury was sort of just getting up to speed himself after like a, a free agent summer so yeah I'm hoping to see him in the 11. Coxie it wouldn't be a, a baggies broadcast at the moment without us getting takeover questions now we, we brought a tiny little bit of an update last week in terms of what we know um, we've had a question from Adam WBAFC uh, could you clarify on who the specific group are that are strong contenders 
to take over. Now, we did say last week there was two parties sort of interested, one more than more so than others. Um, is there any change, or can we answer that question? You know, I think to we, answer that I think, question, I think we can no, just say no. just just see last week's answer, really. But yeah, to answer that question, no, I can't. Oh, yes, I would love to, and if I could, I'd be writing it in a in an exclusive report as soon as possible. So uh, yeah, I, I, ideally that will happen, and keep an eye out for that. But um, no, yeah, I mean, obviously heard various bits that you try and substantiate. Um, some similar to rumours that are out there, some not. So, so yeah. Yeah, Re- replay last week's as, episode. As was, look at last week's podcast. Just, I'm yeah. going to go off on a tangent from there, Robert, just get a player's point of view. You know, have you ever been in a position at a club that you've been at? You know, obviously you were at Birmingham where, you know, we know Birmingham's yeah. history of, of off-field stuff. How much does it affect affect players when when there's stuff off the off the field going on? Does it impact them or, or is it sort of different with different players? Um, try not to. We try not to affect the players. Um, I think we, we've just got to focus on doing our jobs. I mean, at the end of the day, our jobs to play football. We, we don't need to get involved in all the, the politics that goes on behind the scenes. So, you know, we leave that to the directors, the chairmans, um, and you just hope for a positive outcome. I think, like you say, it's been going on for quite a while now with West Brom, like it was at Birmingham when I was there and at Watford when I first grew up. The club nearly went into administration at Watford, um, where we all had to take wage deferrals because of that to help the club. Uh, so yeah, so I think everyone now is in the mind frame of we just need our club to move forward and we need someone to come in who's gonna enjoy being in and around West Bromwich Albion Football Club. It's got to understand what the fans expect and what they want, and and also what the players need and the manager needs. And the manager they need back in the manager needs back in. They need um, some new players through the door, and the fans need hope. They need. Uh, they need hope that the club's gonna gonna now start moving forward with um with new owners in charge. Latest question from John Perks: Has the loss of more attacking options forced Carl Scorbrand into finding a method that's more effective? And he's also said, like Bobby Robson all those years ago. I probably have to throw this on to you, Robbo, because I think he's referring to Bobby Robson in England, and I, and we probably can't can't remember back then. But um, just on that on that question, I suppose Coxie, from your point of view just looking at Alvin in recent weeks, I suppose it has forced Cor- Corbin to maybe look at, at different avenues. He's tweaked his formation and, and he's gone this, with this horses for courses approach. Whereas earlier in the season when he had more options, it was very much sort of that 3-4-3 that we saw a lot of. Yes. Um, what I would say regards horses for courses and just horses and courses and, and, and flicking up the, the formation, it, it's generally from a back five to a back four. And he, he does that with, I was going to say the defence in mind, you know, the, the change we see is whether he goes three centre-halves or wing-backs or, you know, more usual back four. Now, he's made a big point about liking that this season. Liking, he, he trains with both systems each time they do defensive work and shape. Being able to flit, quite well stocked at centre-half, as I've said, so there's options to do that. You know, it might be Matt Phillips' left wing-back, as we've seen most of the time. Then if it's full-back in a four, it might be your Townsend. Um, so, yeah. It, I think it's actually more with other parts of the pitch in mind rather than what have we got going forward because, I mean, up front, it's slim pickings, isn't it? Let's be honest. Brandon Thomas-Asante is the only fit centre-forward they've had all season. Um, we've said you've seen Jeb, Jed Wallace play the role a couple of times and he's done he's done well, certainly on, on one or two occasions in that role, hasn't it? But it's, it's not his natural game, clearly. Um, so, yeah, I, I suppose what wide option, there are wide options, aren't there? You know, Wallace, Dean Garner's. Now back, isn't he? But that's only been the last month, hasn't it? You know, Grady was was out for six months, and 
we didn't know where he'd be. We didn't know if we'd seen realistically the last upgraded Ian Garner. You know, there's been interest in him. Maybe that had come back in January. Maybe it still will. But in the last month, and and, and Robert will know this as an opposing uh, management team. Dean Garner's looked back and you know, a, a sort of fit and confident graded Dean Garner in this division can be, you know, mentioned Wallace being a difference maker. Mm. Dean Garner can be that, can't he? And, and hopefully will continue to be. When Swift returns, I think, yeah, when, you know, we talk about Swift and Maja being back now, Sarmiento being back now. If, if touch wood, you know, they stay fit and available, which, you know, you hope your luck might um, swing in a bit. And then DK comes back in the new year, then you really can look at attacking systems can't you and think well I can go with the free this week or you know maybe a pairing this week or there will be options to come but it hasn't been much of a luxury so far has it so um, hopefully hopefully the attacking options coming back will allow you know the head coach to be a bit more experimental in that regard I think but it just gives the club better options doesn't it I think that's what he's missed over recent weeks he's he's just not had the options to look at I think a big plus for me is Moat. I really like Moat. He's a, he's, yeah, a, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good footballer. He's um, he, he's got an eye for a goal as well. And it, no, I, I I was shocked that he never was involved earlier because he was the type of player that I would want in my midfield just because he can control games and um, he knows the championship in and out. Um, so no, like you say, I think the the better options Carlos has than the decision making in changing formation. Again, for me, he's important because. At least the players know both, like all the players know what formation they play. So they're either going to play the five or they're going to yeah. play the four. There's no excuses, but they all know it. You all know your roles. You all know what I'm expecting of you. And it's and I think that's a great balance to have. But yeah, I think, like you said there, Coxie is the biggest one is to have everyone available at his disposal where he can change it when he when he needs to. It's it's funny you mentioned Moa actually. Um Robbo, because I, I nearly mentioned it earlier, he's in a similar boat, same boat really, as, as Cedric Kipra, the, the centre-half. Um, mm. And I thought of Kipra earlier because the Millwall nil-nil at the Hawthorns. I wasn't there that day, but that's the only league game. I was writing about him this morning that Kipra hasn't um, been involved in. He, he like Wallace, uh, and I think maybe Swift as well, were, were taken out of the side that day, quite surprisingly. Yeah. And um, Kipra and Mo, you know, by, by Steve Bruce, allowed to move on championship loans last, last season, seen as surplus to requirements, really. But both, you know, Johnny, having seen games alongside me, will vouch for it. Both of, of, certainly Kipra, as I say, playing all but one of the games. Is, I mean, Kipra's been one of Albion's standout players, hasn't he, Johnny? If not the, oh, yeah. you know, the yeah, yeah. runaway player this season. And But Moat, spot on, Robbo, coming into the into the side has it's been excellent. And I, I suppose, like I mentioned, having options in centre-half, central midfield is a, you know, Jason Malumbi can't get a game at the moment, can he? And, yeah. and there, there was a period... He grew into last season and quickly became one of the key men, started this season involved. In, but we haven't really seen him since around that period when we played Millwall. So, um, so yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, spot on about Moat, definitely. Yeah, he's a key player. I like him. I, and again, I found he went to Middlesbrough, didn't get in the team there, found it very tough. And he's he's one who's, like you say, he's gone out and had that experience of a loan. It's not worked for him. And he's come back and he's, he's now got the shirt and he's, He's he's taking it with both hands and he's he's playing week in week out. So so yeah, no great credit to him and that shows you like you say the mentality that you need is that your face not yeah. not fit to start with, but you've gone out, you've proved the point, and you've come back and you and you're raring to go and you and you wanna you wanna play for West Brom and no he's a he's a very I really I really like Alex I like him a lot. I, we tried to sign him Millwall but he um he ended up going to West Brom instead. 
so so yeah that was uh, that was one that we missed out on which was um a shame really because I no, I really like him as a footballer just curious Robbo um and you may not have so it's irrelevant and doesn't matter but in latter stages of your career still playing and then into coaching and stuff did you see much of Chalaba Nathaniel Chalaba have you ever come up against or spoke to people who've managed him because he's um he's had an interesting old year at the club here He's had a, he's had an interesting few years, hasn't he, with his moves yeah, and that. Yeah. Again, he doesn't seem to settle as well. But from a footballing wise, like obviously I played against him when he was at Watford, and he was a he was a talented footballer. Like coming through, obviously at Chelsea, he's a young lad and big expectations. And has he gone to them standards where they all expected? Probably not. But he is. He's a, he, he's a talented football player. But yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a hothead. Um, I've seen his tweets after the West Brom game against Stoke, where he felt he wanted to to voice his um, reasonings towards the fans, which is understandable. It's like heat at the moment stuff, and it shows that he cares. And sometimes, as players, we don't have too too many good games, and we have a lot of very good games. And fans are going to let you know about that. And uh, but yeah, he's reacted in a in a way that he felt he wanted to stand up for himself. And and um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to see more of him because I do I do believe he's a very good footballer. And I think, like you say, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's getting, getting himself in the team and and keeping himself in the team. That's Probably the issue at the moment is that he's not finding that consistency in his game. But he is, he's a talented footballer. When, I, when I've watched him before, played against him before, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very talented football player. Yeah. Fantastic. Baggies fans, thank you very much for your questions. Apologies to those who we couldn't read them out. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about those on next week's episode. Rob, we're just going to talk a little bit about, about yourself, really. Albion fans would have seen that you, you departed uh, Millwall shortly after the, the departure of of Gary Rowett a while ago and we're, we're grateful that you've come and joined us today and, and sat down and talk about Albion just want to reflect on that really and and sort of the process obviously a new manager has come in there now how was it for you a club you've been at for, for a few years now and I'm guessing it must have been sad to, to to move on yeah it's always sad when you lose your job and um, you move on but for me I, I can walk away with my head held high Obviously, Gary brought me in who I'm, I'm very grateful for giving me that opportunity to work at a first team level because I was I was academy level before working, building my way up the ladder. Um, but it was a great experience for me. And, and and I got the opportunity to work with a great group of people, not only players, but staff. And I, and I thoroughly enjoyed my two and a half years at the football club. And no, we, we both have gone our own ways on, on great terms. Um, yeah, I worked with some incredibly talented young um, players coming through. And that was my job was to work with individual players as well to try and give them the development and encouragement that they needed to go on and play first team football. And no, I, I, I can I can walk away with my with my head held high, like I said, because I felt that I've done a really good job. But it's football. Um, new managers come in and, and people leave. So for me it was yeah, it was very amicable with how it was done. And no, I I'm I'm um I, yeah, I'm happy I'm back around my family now because I've missed them. I've missed them over the two and a half years of watching my boys grow up and watching them play football and and um, obviously supporting my wife, knowing that she's got to look after four boys by herself. So so no, I'm, I'm at the moment I'm in a really good place and I'm I'm really enjoying being at home. Good stuff. In terms of that that departure, you know, I think Gary Rowett leaving the club maybe took a few people from the outside a little bit by surprise. Obviously last season sort of fighting around the playoffs and you know it's funny how the championship works. I think they were 15th at the time. Was it was it on the cards for a while? Did you see it coming? You know, obviously being in his staff or seemed like it was relatively settled down there for well for all his most yeah, of his tenure there really. We had no idea. Didn't tell us. So it was just out of the blue. 
we got a phone call Wednesday on the Wednesday evening after whole game international break it was um, when we drew two two and I think he just made the decision that he'd 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 done enough and he'd had enough. He, he's also he's like me. He'd been away from his family for four years, so he's done it longer than me. Um, obviously, his youngest um, was, he had not seen his youngest growing up and 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 supporting him. Um, so yeah, I think like you say, it gets to the point where the pressure, the intensity of it, being away from your family, having that support close by it. It does. It, it 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 sometimes becomes too much where you feel like I've done a really good job and I can walk away knowing that I've that I can um, that I can walk away with pleasure and, and knowing that the new manager can take control, knowing that the club's in a, in a real good position. So no, he like I think when you look at Gary, the job that he done at Mill, he done a fantastic job, and um, everyone will agree that we should all be grateful that that the club is the where it's at now and and financially as well it's it's always been stable and it's in a really good place i know he he done a fantastic job over the four years he was there and what's your you said there you know you spend a lot of time with family i know you talked right at the top of the podcast about keeping yourself busy for you know your mental and your your sort of physical health what's the what's the plan now are you sort of are you going to be trying to get back in or are you just happy to sort of wait and see what comes around you know do you want to go into management or is it coaching what what's your what's your plans yeah, you know, I think what's important for me is obviously the two and a half years that I've had of, of traveling up and down the motorway and staying down away from family. Um, it's time to reassess and revalue where you want to go next. So I think now is just to have that time with the family. I just want to switch off and concentrate, play Saturday football with my lad and um, enjoy other people's company, catch up with people that I've missed over the two and a half years. And and I'll go and watch games as well. It'll be great. I'll go and watch the Albion again. I'll go and watch Blues again because they're close by and they're local. And yeah, I just I just want to do things that I haven't been able to do over the last two and a half years. Yes, I'd like to be a manager one day. Um, I feel in a really good place myself, like not only mentally but physically now. Um, so yeah, I think time time will tell. But no, I'm a, I'm a real positive guy. I'm I'm looking forward to what lies next in the future and. That decision will be in the in the new year, hopefully. But yeah, football changes, and we like you say, fellas, it's you never know that phone call. You could always get that phone call, and it could be a life changing experience for me, where it might be a job where um, that I I might not be able to turn it down. But that's a conversation I will have with with my wife and children because, like I always have. But like you say, when you've been away for two and a half years, it's it's a decision that I need to think about very. Um, very sensibly because I, I I just don't want to be getting in the car traveling again. I just my body just needs time to rest. Robert, could I just ask out of, out of interest? We see um, young managers just starting, rookie managers with with no real sort of coaching or management experience. Be fortunate, really, maybe on on the back of their careers and go in at a good place. We see other managers have to, you know, earn their stripes, start start right down. We see those come through non-league and step up the divisions. We see those. Have a taste of it at non-league and not fancy it. Would you, um, would you, you know, sort of muck your hands in and get your hands dirty if, if you if you decided to take the management up to start down at that level? You know, would you would you have any qualms with, you know, the semi-pro game and and trying to trying to get through managing there? I think the job. I think for me, the job's got to be right for me. Like yeah. that's what I want. I don't want to be going into a club where there's too many problems. It's an yeah. uphill battle. Um, I want to go into a club that's that's settled. It's got stability, but it's also it's going to give me an opportunity to develop the right way. And I don't want to be knowing that I'm going to be in the job six months. So I'm going to be losing my job. I want to be 
I want to be going to a place where they believe in my philosophy. They believe in me as a person, in, in where I can take the football club. But also, it's you've got to be working all together on the same page. And, and that's what I want. I want to go to a club where we're all one. And it's not just all about me or all about certain people. I want I want everyone to be involved. I want I want the players to be part of the community. I want to understand the club that I go to. It's the history of every football club that I've played for. I've understood the fans. I've understood the culture, and that's and that's what I believe in. And that's that's where I want to go. And yeah, who knows if if I go to a club that's in the national league, but it's got stability in it's and and it and I'm prepared to get my hands dirty, then I'm I'm fully on. I'm fully ready to go and, and ready to to go that way. Yeah, one hundred percent. I can guess the answer to this sort of next one of our final questions, Robert. I bet you're looking forward to Christmas off, aren't you? Because you don't get yes, many of them working in football. 20, 25 years, the first time in 25 years, yeah. So, no, I, I can't wait. I can't wait because um, I think my wife said something to me the other day. She went, do you want to go down to Watford and see all the family? And I just went, no, I do not want to get in the car and drive down the M40 again because I'm sick and tired of seeing it for a while. Um, I just want to spend it with the six of us. If if family want to come up, then they're more than welcome. But for me, I just just want to be at home. I've missed home for two and a half years. I don't feel like I've lived in my own house properly for two and a half years. So for me, it's about switching off, getting, getting used to my surroundings again, and just being around the people that love me the most. And that's the most important thing. Fantastic. It's great to hear. Robbo, thank you very much for your time. We're just going to, you know, we've kept you for longer than we we, we, we thought we were going to. I'm just going to get a, a little small prediction. Obviously, Albion faced Ipswich on Saturday, probably one of Albion's biggest tests of the campaign. Um, Coxie, I'll come to you first. I'm going to get a, grab a score prediction off you because we've got a, we've got the Baggies Broadcast fan chat show on Thursday and I'll be asking the fans exactly the same. Um, what are you saying? Would Carlos Corbrand take, you know, we know he wants to win every game, but secretly would he, would he take a point on, on Saturday? You know, it's strange to say that against right a promoted side, isn't it? I'm, I'm getting splinters right in my backside with a lovely one-one. Ah, you're always on the fence, aren't you, mm-hmm. Robbo? What, do you, what? How do you see that one on on Saturday? You know, you know, we've seen now. We've talked about you know what's gone on at at Ipswich, um, yeah. and then you know they're absolutely flying up there at the moment. Um, how do you see it going? Do you think Albion have, have got it in them to? Well, they have got it in them, but can you can yeah. you see it at the moment given the form that Ipswich are are in as well? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go West Brom though at home. I expect, like you say, the crowd to get right behind the team. So for me, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two one Albion win. But it's gonna be a tough game. They're a good team. They are. There's no illusions about it. They they are a very good team and they can hurt you. But I just think West Brom at home um, after some really good performances, like you said, the Southampton one, very unlucky to come away losing. So I think the positives are all there now. Key players coming back like John Swift, who had that extra dimension to the team. Yeah, I just um, for me, I I fancy a home result, home win. You, Johnny? Yeah, I'm gonna go home win as well. So that leaves you, you. That are. leaves you as the negative one. Isn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm gonna go three two. I'm gonna. I think I'll be gonna score three. Entertaining. There we go. Yeah. Entertaining. Yeah, Rob, yeah. Robo, just just quickly. Um, I've not seen Ipswich um since they've come up under McKenna at all. Is this success? I don't want to you know disrespect the players or anything like that, but is is what they're enjoying this magnificent effort? Is it all him? Is he the reason this is is happening? Obviously, he's got a good side there, of course, but it, you know Ipswich were sort of you know they were royally struggling to get out of League One before him, weren't they? Yeah, it is him. Yeah, it is him because he's brought his philosophy over. He's given the players belief, um, and I think that's always that's that's always a positive. Is that the when you look at the players and the way they play, they're playing with freedom. They're playing with quality as well. When it's 
he's given that, he's instilled that into him. So he's, yeah, he's got to take full responsibility for it. Um, and like you say, at the end of the day, the players then, when they cross the white line, they know what they're doing. And when you watch them, yeah. they definitely know what they're doing because they're very good at it. And that's all down to the way that he coaches them on the training pitch and and the um, the ideas that he wants to implement into each and every individual player. Even the subs, when you see the subs come on, they're exactly the same. They know what they need to do and they go out there and play exactly the same with freedom and, and, and quality. Yeah, spot on. Good stuff, good stuff. Robbo, thank you very much for your time. Are you done in the boots this weekend or, or are you sort of... No, the boots are back out again this boots weekend. Yeah. this weekend, yeah. Where, yeah. If if you can, where can... If Albion fans aren't at the hall... Obviously, it's a late kick-off today, so, um, on Saturday, so they might be able to get get two games in. Do you know where you're playing at the, at the weekend? Well, it's, two, it's two o'clock kick-off. No, I don't know yet because it's um it's a two, they have two o'clock kick-offs on a Saturday. Oh, I see. So West Brom's five thirty on Saturday, so oh, we could we could divert some Albion right. fans towards you on Saturday. Big crowd. Exactly. Get the old uh, <laughs> get them over supporting the old Claverdon boys, eh? <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Well, Robbo, as always, thanks very much for your time. It'd be great to have you back on again if you if you're up for coming on and talking all all Albion and all um, Championship. Coxie, as always, great to see you. Baggies fans, um, we'll be back on Saturday, but I'll be back on Thursday. We've got a Baggies broadcast fan chat show where we'll be looking forward to the clash with Ipswich but until then until next time from me from Coxie and from Robbo boing 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 <laughs>